Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast, another Tactical Tuesday episode. If you're watching our video, I am in my new office that is not decorated whatsoever. Very plain white background. Um, new camera, though. Nice and shiny. A um, little more uh, in focus here, I hope. John and I both went with Lumina. If you guys haven't heard of it, uh, I'll hold it up on the camera here. I, I got pounded with ads for this thing. Uh, Lumina Plus? Lumina, just Lumina? Uh, AI-generated camera? I don't know. I kind of like it. So, And uh, you can even invest in their company right now. I keep getting emails for that too. Nice. They must be doing really well then. <laughs> yeah, cool. Looking good, bro. Looking good. So uh, you yeah. got a, got an office and a warehouse now. That's yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of like a pole shed. I mean, it's a big building um, <laughs> that we have a part of. Uh, with, it's filled with pallets and a ping pong table, basically. So, uh, you know, do like an hour of work, go play a game of ping pong. Do an hour of work. Uh, I like it. Uh, you know what I don't like? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I should have told you, maybe told you this off air, but like the very first day was Monday. And look, I've been working from home for five years. And I thought that like there's good things about that and there's bad things about that. You know, oftentimes on this show, you can hear John's, what do you got? 13 kids now? You can hear all of them in the background. Just <laughs> right. That shit drives me nuts at home. It's very hard to get into flow when you have all that going on. And so I thought I would love it. Uh, you know, I've got two step kids that are seven and a son who's one. And I, uh, my first day was Monday, which I have golf league every Monday. So I came here. It's, it's a 20 minute drive here. I saw my son for two minutes in the morning, came here, worked, went home, changed clothes. No one was home. Went to golf, came home, saw my son for two more minutes, and he went to bed. And I sat on the couch, and I fucking bawled my eyes out. I was just like, this, this is not what I want to do in my life. Like, I want to spend time with my son. I'm getting emotional right now. Like, I, that was not cool. Like, and then, um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to have to build, you know, rules around this so that I, I spend more time with him. My wife, God bless her. She, she has to run to Target every day for something, which is right by my office. So I was like, anytime you're in town, I need you to stop in here and just, you know, just say hi. That's it. Uh, and so she did that the next couple of days. Tuesday, I drive in and uh, again, it's like 20 minutes. I drive from a small town to a bigger city. I used to work in this city at Menards, which is like a Home Depot Lowe's in, in our area. So I'm driving here. I need to run to Home Depot, which is next to Menards. I get cut off by a bunch of people who are you know, in a big fucking hurry to get to their job or whatever. And then they have to move over into the right lane about a mile and a half before they actually need to get off. So then I end up going around them anyway. Um, just an annoying people driving, get to home Depot. It's like 8am. They just opened. Nobody wants to help me. All the employees look like they're dead inside. They'll look at me and they'll walk away. And I'm like, fuck man, can somebody just help me find a dehumidifier? Like, and I was just like, it brought back so many memories of like the life I hated of working a job. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this, you're working a job, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. I fucking hated getting up every morning. I hated going to work. I didn't want to help anybody. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I, I was, you know, pissed off that it's 8 a.m. and I'm at this job that I hate. And so I, I saw that in people's eyes. And it just brought back all this like driving in traffic and seeing people. And I was like, oh my God, this sucks. So this morning, I drove uh, to this little woo-woo place out of town and had a nice infrared sauna and talked to the owner for a while. They just got a cold plunge. It was a great little chat. We had a good time and I came here in a much better mood. I'll, I'll say today was better, but what a weird week to go through the emotions of like, I'm, I'm going to see my son last. This kind of sucks. Um, and then reliving some of those emotions. I haven't had a job in six years. And so like reliving some of those emotions, that sucked. Mm. That really brought me back to so anyone listening to this. Um, I'll be honest, I kind of forgot how much it sucked, but just that drive alone reminded me, and I have so much empathy for anybody who's going through that struggle. If you're thinking about starting a business and you're listening to this and 
you hate your job, like fucking do it. Jump out of that that shit because just feeling it for two minutes yesterday was enough for me. Like uh, I have so much empathy for anyone listening to this that's in that position. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the other end of the scale, man. I was in an office of mine for like a few years, and then I went back home around you know the whole COVID thing and whatnot to help my wife out with the kids. I'm the opposite end, man. I can't wait to get away from them little shits. <laughs> They're a bit older than yours though. So I've been around them a lot for a long time yeah. and I'm like, I can't wait to get back into an office. But then my office was about a five-minute walk from where I live. So, you know, coming and going was a lot easier. I didn't have that. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't mind the 20-minute drive. Like I really don't mind it. It, it no, I want to listen to podcasts anyway. It helps me get into a new state. So when I show up here, my employee sees the best version of me, hopefully. Um, I, don't, I don't mind the drive, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said this before, and I'm very open and honest about it. having stepkids and having real kids is very, very different. It's really different. I thought I knew what parenting was. And now that I've had my own biological son, wow, was there a whole lot of emotions there that I didn't know even existed in life? And so, yeah, I think the twins who are in my stepkids, there was definitely moments where I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. Right. Which is the way most parents sometimes you just talked about your kids that way. And then I've yet to be annoyed by my one-year-old son. Like he cries at 3 a.m. I wake up smiling. Like it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. I, I don't want it to go away. Everybody tells me it's going to go away, but I, you know, right now I'm not annoyed. So I, I don't mind. I never minded hearing some of that stuff at home, but certainly I missed just getting into flow here, having the music cranked, no one bugging me. No one's coming in. I don't hear any noises and I'm just, I'm in flow on this new fucking 49 inch widescreen TV, which is pretty amazing by the way. I, yeah, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. I miss being home too, for sure. I'll put the caveat in there that I love my kids a lot, but uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, it, 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 it's really hard. Um, it is really hard. You know, I'm there, there's great things about being at home. There's great things about being out of home, but I think I lean towards, you know, having your own dedicated space. I think it makes for me anyway. Everybody works differently, but for me, it makes a massive difference to the amount of shit I get done in a shorter amount of time. Like everything takes longer here at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Just because there's way more interruption. Um, and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'll be going back out again soon, I think. I'm hoping the same things here that I can come in, just get my stuff done and go home. Like I'm, I'm not building this business to work even harder, right? I'm building these businesses so that I can spend more time with, with my kids, with my wife, do cool stuff, travel. Um, you know, we went, we've been snowbirds the last few years. We're going to do it again this winter. And like, uh, you know, that, that's great. So, uh, th- mm. but that'll be its own challenge. It'll be like working from home again. The house is on stilts that we always stay in. So anytime anybody walks around, the whole thing shakes and immediately knocks you out of the flow you were in. So that'll be a, another wake up call in a couple months. But anyway, uh, I didn't mean to go on a big rant here about being in an office, but if you're on video and you're wondering why, you know, there's a blank background, uh, hopefully next time you see me, I'll have all of these pictures up that are laying on the floor here and have a nice cute background for everyone. I got some NFTs uh, printed up to put up behind me so John can make fun of that. There it is. <laughs> anyway, today, uh, look, I've got a bunch of housekeeping stuff I want to talk about and some questions to answer on the show. So thank you so much to some of the folks that uh, are are utilizing uh, the opportunity to ask us questions. So John set up a link last time and I uh, meant to have that pulled up on the screen. I don't know what it is, but look in the show notes. You can leave us a voicemail. You can leave us a message. Uh, John and I want to answer your questions directly. We also, when people come join the Dropship Tribe, our free Facebook group, you have the opportunity to, to leave us a little message. Let us know, hey, what's something we can help you with? If you're in Patreon, we have a special Patreon email just for Patreon listeners. Uh, so we invite you to come be a Patreon listener. Uh, of course, if you join our course, you get uh, Patreon uh, absolutely free. You get that podcast absolutely free, and you get a free theme when you join the course as well. So uh, real quick, just some housekeeping notes. Uh, John and I are now... 
TikTok stars um, and Reels. So you can find us on TikTok, uh, on Reels. We're going to be putting out a bunch of content on TikTok Reels and YouTube Shorts uh, and some new YouTube content coming soon. Patreon is back to a regular schedule. John and I have finally found a day that works to record. So we're going to start putting out stuff weekly on Patreon, answering your questions and doing website teardowns and things like that. Uh, last week we offered, or two weeks ago, we offered a free trial, uh, for a payment plan. We had 14 people sign up. So thank you so much for 14 people taking a shot on us. That was, uh, that's exciting. So John, did you have any thoughts on that? I know that offer was out of left field. You shocked me with it. So, uh, were you hoping for more or less? Uh, were, you, were you happy with how it turned out? I know you talked to a lot of these folks as well. Yeah, I was happy. You know, at the moment, I think at the time of recording, you know, uh, when when we release a new episode, that, that offer was only open for a week. So usually a new episode, we get about, you know, 550 listens in, in the first week at the moment, 550 downloads. So a lot of those people probably already have a dropshipping business. So 14 people listen to that. That's a good percentage to me. Um, and that's cool. Like the whole point of doing that offer was to get some people off the fence, you know, make a little celebratory special offer to get people into the game who might have been sitting on the fence just to make it a little bit easier. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's cool. Good on those people. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Look, obviously, John and I are trying to run a business here, right? So just to give you the data, that's a 2.35, 2.36% conversion rate based on the first week listens. It's pretty good, right? Uh, e-commerce conversion rate is around 2%. John, we broke we broke e-commerce records there. I, I don't know. I was very happy with it. Uh, I was shocked to see the amount of people that want to come join our course through that method, as well as, you know, we just continue signing students up. So thank you, everyone listening to this. If you're a member already, thank you. If you're not a member, thank you so much. Uh, we just appreciate all the support. Our, our podcast is uh, probably by the time this one comes out, will be over 50,000 listens in less than a year, which is unheard of. So amazing just thank you all of you uh all right so a few other uh little notes i mentioned on that a couple shows ago that um there was dropshipping is not dead and there was a business for sale for 4.75 million dollars uh from two gentlemen who i consulted and i spoke with them and they are going to come on the show when that business sells uh they're going to come on the show and talk about that sale and talk about what we've worked on together and just do another freedom friday episode so that's really cool and then uh yeah we're looking for sponsors so if you're if you're listening to this from one of the great companies that we recommend all the time shopify privy clavio um bold john can you think of any other rewind uh, grasshopper all of the like we're looking for sponsors for this show to help us uh, reach even more people so if you're listening to this and you want to sponsor our show reach out uh you can reach me anytime uh just ben at dropshipbreakthrough.com is fine uh if you want to send them somewhere else john let me know yeah that's cool let's Sweet. do it uh and then one other thing uh so a previous episode we talked about how ben was quitting dropshipping the greatest clickbait headline i think we've come up with to date on the podcast and uh, so I, I I wanted to talk about that because I got a sale the other day off a free shopping ad. So Google, you know, we pay a lot of shopping ads, but they also run some free ads on our behalf. And it's usually products that aren't being searched a lot, in my opinion. And so there's no need to serve. They just serve what they can. I got an $8,500 sale on a free Google shopping ad, which first off, wow, that's a, unbelievable. I'm really excited about that. But uh, to share that means, hey, Ben didn't actually quit dropshipping, right? Uh, because uh, the deal didn't work out that I uh, was working on. So it, two different two different deals didn't work out. I thought uh, one of our listeners uh, was very interested and he listened to the episode where I said, I have too much going on. And he immediately emailed me and he was like, Hey, great episode. I too have too much going on. Uh, I don't want to buy this anymore. So that sucked. Uh, shout out to you. You know who you are. Listen to this. Thank you. Um, I got a good laugh out of that. And then, uh, <clears throat> so I found a, a someone I had done some consulting with and I thought they really needed an opportunity. And so I offered to give them a large chunk of this business and let the business pay me back. You, zero money down, just wants you to come hungry. 
And we went back and forth for a month. Um, and I just, I sat there and thought about it a lot. And I was like, if this deal is unbelievable, in my opinion, it's a, it's a literally almost a perfect store in my opinion, like the way it's built out. Um, and it's ready to rock and roll and it's in a rising category. And so I really thought it was an opportunity that somebody should be screaming, let me in, let me in, let me in. And, and, and I didn't feel like these people were in that position. Um, I did text them before the show and talk to them, make sure we can talk about this, but, um, you know, they, I, I cut the deal off there because I, I just wanted somebody a little more hungry. And so uh, please, anyone listening to this, don't like bombard me with, Hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with that, but I do, I, I want to find a rock star to run that business and, and take it where it should, should go. And so that didn't work out. So that $8,500 sale is on the business that uh, Ben did not quit. Uh, and I don't want to quit, right? I, I want to find someone to come in there and, and do what needs to be done and, and still own a piece of that. I want to always be drop shipping, especially when we're teaching this stuff. And so, yeah, anyway, little update there. So on that eighty five hundred dollars sale, just out of interest, what what was the profit on that? Ooh, let me pull up the spreadsheet. So we, we threw who's in... interested about what the numbers are around these high ticket sales we keep yeah. talking about. What 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 do you reckon you pull out of that with no no ad spend, no marketing cost in the sale really? Yeah, so we threw in um, this product had an accessory that was three hundred ish dollars, um, and so we threw that in too consider that on top uh but on the sale and i'll just show you straight from the books right uh sale was eighty five hundred dollars shopify took a two hundred and twenty one dollars and twenty two cents just kindly happily took that uh to process the payment right so there's 221 out the door uh our cost of goods on there was uh just above seven thousand dollars so we made uh, just over twelve hundred dollars on that on that sale from like you said an absolutely free google shopping ad the person did call right so there was a little customer service there as far as mm-hmm. answering their questions letting them know here's how long it's going to take to get to you and um yeah so I, I don't know. Imagine that. But, like, this is why we love high ticket dropshipping, right? Like, I'm not saying you're going to get all these free sales on free Google shopping ads. This, you know, that's very unrealistic. But you can get these sales running paid Google shopping. And so, even if I spent a dollar per click, and uh, and let's say I had the worst conversion rate ever, and it and it was 025 percent, which we've definitely seen in high ticket stores, that means we had 400 clicks to get there. That cost me 400 dollars to make over 1,200 dollars. That still leaves an 800 dollar arbitrage opportunity there. You know, all right. I hear you paid our Shopify bill, paid our grasshopper bill, a little bit of time answering the phone, but that's still like, that's one sale. Even with all that removed, you're still well over six, $700 per sale. And so like, this is the real opportunity to me, to me in high ticket dropshipping. And I'm actually glad you asked that question, John. So we could be a little more transparent with uh, some of the numbers there. Yeah. That, and that's a good example because that's not even really an amazing margin. You'll get a lot of high ticket products at that price range where the margin is even bigger, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's not bad. No one's going to sneeze at that for one sale, but um, you could do even better than that often, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about the other side of that. Uh, our cost of goods was right around seven thousand dollars, right? Of course, I used our Capital One card as I promote heavily on this show. Dropshipbreakthrough.com/slash/capital-one, two percent back, right? This is one of the beauties of of dropshipping is you have a lot of cost of goods. I put that at two percent on the card. That's one hundred and forty dollars back in my pocket. That is a rebate. So, according to Capital One, according to my CPA, you might want to talk to your own. That's tax-free dollars as well, right? So, one hundred forty dollars that just gets stashed in this account that. If I'm honest with you, it just sits in there until Ben needs to get away and go to Vegas for a few days. And then he pulls that <laughs> cash out and goes to Vegas for a few days. Uh, and so, yeah, it just, you know, it stacks in there, right? And, and same on the on the ad side. You're getting four points per dollar spent on your ads. It really adds up in these dropshipping stores. I, I love points. If we haven't done an episode on points, we should. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could get my I friend Alan have. on here too. 
I, don't think I definitely have. did a YouTube video, but I'm not sure if we've done a podcast on it. No, I don't think we have. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Nice. Let's do it. I will. So yeah, really cool uh, to make that. And uh, yeah, I wanted to share that on the, on the show that even free Google shopping ads can pay off. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited for that product too. It's it's an interesting product where most times when you're selling stuff on a high, high ticket drop shipping store, it's a brand that people already know, right? Mm-hmm. They're already searching the brand very few times. And there are, you know, I know some people successful in this where they're selling generic stuff, just not, and not generic in the sense that it's like AliExpress junk, just that there's no brand dominating the space. This is one of those cases where no one's searching for this brand. They're searching for this product type, but no one's searching for this brand. And so I would love to know exactly what they searched that converted. I'm not sure if I even get that data on the free listings, if I'm honest with you. And so, but it's very interesting to see that come through on what clearly had to be a generic term. Great product, but just they're they're not doing any of the work that a lot of brands do for you, which is, you know, getting their brand name known. Mm. Nice. All right. I want to answer some questions, though, that we have gotten from a few different places. Uh, and so, um, again, link in the show notes if you want to ask us some questions. This one came from there. Uh, I'm going to apologize right now if I get this name wrong, but it is a challenging name. Monica Laxamana. What do you think, John? Does that sound right? I think so. Yeah. All right. You let Good me job. embarrass myself. You don't want to jump in well there. Done. Got it. All right. <laughs> I hope that's right. Her question is, I am inspired in starting my own dropshipping business because of this podcast. Thank you. I hope you can create more content on choosing the right supplier, picking the right products, and how to market other countries like Canada, Australia, and the UK. Uh, John, why don't you hop right in? I know you have some opinions on some of this stuff. I just want to jump in here real quick and say, if you're loving this show, the number one thing you can do to help us right now is to smash that subscribe or follow button and leave us a review. It really does help us to grow this show and reach more people. And you can do it right now while you're listening. And also, if you've got a friend or two that you know should be listening to this show, make sure you share it with them or just send them to dropshippodcast.com. We'd love to have them join us as well. And real quick, I've got two additional dropshipping resources that we would love to share with you. The first is our free dropshipping Facebook group called The Dropship Tribe. It's all about high-ticket dropshipping, and you can learn a ton in there. All you need to do is jump onto Facebook and search The Dropship Tribe, or go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash dropship tribe and hit the join button. Now, if you're loving the Dropship Podcast and you want more, we actually have a members-only version of this show where we go even deeper into high-ticket dropshipping. We do question and answers with our members, website reviews, teardowns, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. It's just $5 an episode, which is like a cup of coffee. And as a bonus, you get free access to our entire back catalogue of episodes when you join. So you can binge it without paying a cent. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash dropship podcast. And just as a note, you can find the links to both of those resources below in the show notes. Now let's dive back into the show. Yeah. So I think we've already talked quite a bit about finding the right products and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think if there, if you feel like you need to know more, obviously jump into the dropship breakthrough program where we go through that all over the shoulder and everything. But I just want to get the last bit of that question because I think it is something that uh, quite a few people who come to listening to this podcast do think about um, because a lot of people come to this podcast having thought about starting a low ticket dropshipping business or an AliExpress dropshipping business or something like that where you do sell to other countries, right? Because often you're shipping products out of a country like China and you could ship them to anywhere. You could ship them to Australia, to the US, to Canada, to the UK, so on and such forth. And so you might run a sort of international store. 
Um, and you might have that thinking in your head when you start thinking about high ticket dropshipping. But the reality is with high ticket dropshipping, we very rarely do that. Uh, I think the one exception to that might be shipping from the US to Canada and vice versa, because there's obviously a land border there. But if you've got a business in the US, you're not going to be sending products to Australia or to Europe or to the UK or anything like that. The reason for that is, there's a few reasons for that. One, high ticket products often tend to be a bit larger. So we're not talking about sending a set of dog eyelashes, you know, in a tiny little package across borders. You know, if you're shipping an infrared sauna, the cost of shipping that from somewhere like the US to Australia is going to be likely over $1,000, right? And it's going to go on a boat. It's not going in a plane. And so it's going to take time, like quite a bit of time to get there, months possibly. Um, not to mention, for most countries, if a product is over a certain price, then it's going to incur customs taxes, which once again, either you or your customer is going to have to pay for, and that's going to increase the cost of the sale significantly. And it's very hard to work that into your shipping rates on your website as well, because it just makes it everything more complex. So generally speaking, if you're going to get into high ticket dropshipping, the expectation you should be under is that you're going to sell in the country that your products are based in. So if you're based in the US, you've got a US business, you're going to have US suppliers, you're primarily going to be selling to people who reside in the US, maybe to people in Canada, possibly. If you're in Australia, you're going to have products that are warehoused in Australia, Australian suppliers, and you're going to be selling to Australians. There may be some uh, exceptions to that, but 95% of the time or more, that's going to be the case. Yeah, a few thoughts too, right? So I sell some products via Amazon FBA, and they actually make it kind of easy for you to move into Canada, ship to their warehouses. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, they'll ship from the US to Mexico and Canada for you. Same with the UK. It's actually not that hard to get set up over there. But again, when you're talking high ticket items, there's things you need to think about, such as duties, right? And that even occurs going from the US to Canada. We became the distributor of one of the biggest brands we carried and we had to pay money just to get it over the border and stocked in a warehouse up there and have someone ship for us. And I know, John, I introduced you to uh, a wonderful lady uh, who sells solar ovens because she couldn't sell solar ovens in Australia, right? There's rules around this. Like you need a native Australian to be part of this process in order to sell things over there. And so um, there's a lot there, right? Uh, so I want to talk about an order that just can't, uh, not, it's actually not an order yet, but somebody was reaching out from Bulgaria looking to buy one of our products. And the product is $2,500 ish and it's uh, semi heavy, a few hundred pounds. And it would cost roughly $200 to ship anywhere in the United States. So, you know, just, I'll, I'll just, I'll have you guess, John, what do you think it costs to ship that to Bulgaria? Oh, probably about the cost of the product. Yeah. So uh, duties paid, right? Because you have to put duties and somebody's paying that, right? And so you have to put that in the shipping because I'm not going to eat that cost. Uh, that's an unexpected cost for me for sure. It was 1600 plus dollars to mm. ship that there, let alone it's going on a boat, like you said, and boats aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're coming down, but they're still pricier than they used to be and they take longer than they used to. Um, I don't know whether this gentleman's going to pay that or not, but if he's going to pay $2,500 for the product and $1,600 shipping, then he must really want it. So I hope we can get it to him if he really wants it. And then but the last point I would make is like, is this really worth your time? Like, have you, is it possible that you've maximized everything you needed to do? Let's just say you're in the U.S., right? We work with a lot of students. Uh, one comes to mind who I believe they're right around the $3 million range. You, you and I were talking about it before the call, John. This person kind of came to us and was like, I think I have everything done. And I'm, 
I just kind of shook my head of like, there's no, there's, there's no way, right? Like, um, 3 million is certainly great numbers. I don't want to discount what they've done, but like, there's a lot of room to go there. And so I would encourage who, you know, Monica, as you're asking this, if you have a business already, what would be the point of going to Canada who has 10% of the humans that are in the U S uh, or Australia, who again has 10% of the humans that are in the U S or the UK, which I'm not sure their population, but it's small, right? It's, it's nowhere near the size of the United States. Have you done everything you can in Google ads? Have you done everything you can in remarketing? Have you done everything you can in content marketing? Have you done everything you can in SEO uh, in order to continue to grow your business here. I just feel like those levers are so much bigger and so much easier to pull than they are trying to go to a different country. Can you like, give me an idea, John, let's say I wanted to sell in Australia. What would I need to do? Uh, well, I mean, to get access to Australian based supplies. I mean, well, I mean, if you want to sell your US based products to someone in Australia, I mean, you're going to have to, um, it'd be as simple as running ads here, I suppose. But if you actually wanted to have your products, selling products that are based in Australia, you're going to need to start an Australian business, right, to get access to Australian suppliers, and you're you can't. It, it's not nowhere near as easy to do that as it is going back the other way. So I mean, I can start a business in the US as an Australian fairly easily, like an LLC, and do all of that sort of thing. And you know, I could pretend I'm in the US if I really wanted to, um, but you can't do that in Australia. It's just not possible. You can't own a you Ben Knegendorf. You can't own a hundred percent of a company here. It's not it's not possible, and that that's the case actually in most countries. Um, it's actually the US is fairly unique in that respect. In in that they let somebody from overseas, you know, own a company um, over there. But uh, yeah, it's just not worth it. And and I'll be honest, going back on what you just said about have you got more to do? I literally have never met a high ticket dropshipper, including myself, who's done everything in their business who has no further room to grow. Like who, if we looked at it, could would say, oh my God, you've done everything. I can't think of a single thing more that you could do here. So I would just bring back to that point, like there is no point to looking overseas because you have enough opportunity in the country you're in. Even if you're in a smaller country, I still haven't met anybody in Australia that's done everything that they could do in Australia. And it's a small country by comparison to the US. So like I said, I don't think anybody needs to look at that. It's not easier. There's a lot more work involved there. Um, and, you know, you have a lot more risk of things like fraud, chargebacks and all of that sort of stuff as well, I think, selling internationally. So, it's just, I think it's just a mess that you don't even need to unravel. Like, why? I don't, I, I wouldn't do it. If that order I had was in Australia, John, like how, how would I possibly compete? You said I could just run ads, right? But like, let's imagine the company I'm selling, we'll call it company A. If they want to sell in Australia, they're going to have a distributor in Australia uh, who is going to be bringing in containers, right? And if I want to ship one from America, I'm not going to be able to compete with the price of no. of what they did by bringing containers. Like, yeah. It's just not, it, it's not practical in my opinion. And like you said, John, everyone has room to go. I just talked to a business who's doing $35 million a year drop shipping. Uh, yeah, that's totally possible by the way. And I had like 50 ideas for them. Like, why are you doing this, 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 you know, and they were kind of blown away. Uh, and so, you know, it's definitely totally possible. And there's always, there, mm. there's way more room to grow. Always, It's always possible that you're forgetting something for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I, it, to me, the bigger you are, the easier it is to identify those levers too, right? Like it, one small tweak can make a world of difference on a business that's doing $10 million versus one that's doing $10,000. Mm. 
Absolutely. All right. I don't want to, I don't want this podcast to run on two an hour. So let's move on. Uh, all right. From the dropship pri- uh, tribe Facebook group, Danny Adrian said, good morning, gents on Tuesday's podcast. You made a comment about AliExpress dropshipping being dead. Could you elaborate what you meant? The product I'm working on, I've only been able to find on AliExpress. Cool. Yeah. Easy. Now, when we say AliExpress is dead, we don't mean it literally, right? AliExpress is not a living entity that can actually die. What we mean when we say that is it just doesn't work well for anybody. It doesn't work well for you, the person running the business. It doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work well for the customer, right? It's a shit experience for the customer, right? Crappy products that take a long time to get where they're going often end up broken and are disappointing. Let's be frank. That's that's the reality of AliExpress dropshipping. So there are better ways of doing it. So therefore, why would you do it? So therefore, it's effectively dead. Look, and 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 it always was. It got popular because a few guys online pumped it really hard for a year or so, made really fast money in really big numbers, and then told everybody about it. Are any of those guys still doing AliExpress dropshipping? I challenge you. Find me one. Find me somebody who was doing millions doing AliExpress dropshipping three years ago that is still doing it today. I know guys that have been doing high-ticket dropshipping nonstop for 20 years, right? Uh, so by comparison, you know, compared to other forms of dropshipping, that's, that's basically the elaboration there. Like I, I literally cannot see a single reason why somebody would be doing today that sort of dropshipping. Yeah, and I want to give the benefit of the doubt here. What if he's saying, I have a high ticket idea and the only place I can find this product is AliExpress? Like, I don't, first off, I don't know that if that's possible, but I'll give no. him the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe look harder. Uh, that, that's what I would say, right? Like, the, there's no possible way a manufacturer makes it and has decided to list themselves on AliExpress where you can get this product. And no, no one else has picked it up and is selling this same thing. Uh, typically, what you find on AliExpress is just, you know, knockoffs of what already exists in the market or a manufacturer who makes a brand you know uh, who wants to sell you the same thing and and you know maybe break their contract with the other person so i would challenge you to go look harder and and see if there is other brands out there that exist if this is high ticket and again i just want to give them the benefit of the doubt because i think we're pretty clear on the dropship tribe although we get a lot of people who try to come in who want to talk about aliexpress that that's not what this group is about yeah, absolutely. And if anybody out there who who's running a big AliExpress show wants to come on and uh, have a chat about it and how awesome it is and have an argument with us about why it's better than than what we recommend, write us in. We'll get you on the show. We'll have a we'll have a chat about it for sure. Yeah. So a little inside baseball, actually. I think we got uh, we have someone booking me on podcasts. Uh, and there's a few where I'm like, uh, John would be better for this one. There is one where this guy's doing like multi million dollars selling low ticket stuff on his site. Um, and I can't wait for you to go on. Like his his response to us was like, why would I have these guys on? How could this possibly help me? That shit doesn't work. And so I, I actually can't wait to hear the show. And I hope you do a, you know, a wonderful job. I, I'm sure you will. Uh, and maybe we'll have to put that out on our feed too because I think that'll be a great example of of explaining the pros and cons here. Yeah, yeah. He's not dropshipping his low ticket stuff. He's, he's holding stock. But yeah, his uh, whole thing is around anyone doing dropshipping is selling low quality, low price stuff from china so yeah i'm gonna go in isn't and that all he has on his site he's he's warehousing it but isn't that the same i don't know it didn't look very promising yeah cool well we're, we're gonna have a chat about that 
We'll I can't wait. Goes. I can't. Wait. All right, I'm gonna move <laughs> on. I'll, I'll, I'll post it around. I'll post it around once we've done it, so people right, can have right. a listen in there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy to throw it on this feed too if he's okay with it. Um, all right. So we don't have any names on these next two, but uh, we do get these questions a lot. So how does the customer service side work if we are selling a product from a different manufacturer? I I kind of read this differently, John. I read it as like. Hey, I have 10 brands on here. How do I possibly do customer service for 10 different brands? Is, is that how you're reading that question? There's probably a, a few elements to that question, I suppose. But yeah, like, I mean, uh, I guess but the, the question is like, how, how are you doing customer service if you're selling a product that, you know, comes from a place that's not you? Do you know what I mean? Like a, another company, like it's warehoused with them and it's their product, et cetera. Um, so how do you do the customer service? Well, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the customer service that we get with high ticket is, you know, not necessarily about the product in the first place. You know, a lot of it's just like, how how does it get delivered? You know, what's the delivery times? You know, blah, blah, blah. Can I get a discount? You know, a lot of that sort of stuff. I've always got a lot of that. But I think it's pretty easy. Like, even if you've, you've got products that where you get questions about the nature of the product, how it works, what it does, all of that sort of thing. Um, in the beginning, when you start one of these businesses, a lot of the time, unless you're in a market that you are your ideal customer, you may not know a lot about your products. And um, so the reality is a lot of the time when you get some of those questions, you're going to be going back to your supplier and having a chat. You know, you'll have a contact at your supplier. And and this is, you know, this is what I always did. If somebody asked me a question, I'd be like, hey, man, I've just got to go out, go out and check on that for you, check on the answer can I call you back in five minutes or whatever uh, or put you on hold for a few minutes? And then I would just call the supplier and say, hey, look, I've got a customer who wants to buy one of these products. They're asking me this. I couldn't couldn't find an answer in our, uh, our product documentation. What's, what's the answer here? Um, and literally, like suppliers, in my experience anyway, generally want to help you with that stuff, right, and, and are okay with it and because they want you to sell their products. So then you get back to the customer. You say, "Yep, this is the this is the answer here." Um, I think people get worried that you always have to be the expert about everything, particularly in the beginning, um, with anything. And that's not the not the case, um, in my opinion. Over time, you get better at that sort of stuff, but in the beginning, you got you lean on your suppliers. Yeah, I, I, I took three notes over here while you were talking. Same sort of thing. Google is going to be your best friend. So when I ran my first business, the 3dprinterguy.com, I didn't know shit about 3D printers, right? And so oftentimes I would let it go to voicemail, let them leave a message, or like you said, pick up, answer, say, hey, I'm actually unsure of that. Let me let me go ask my boss or um, or, or or whatever I need to say to like punt it off for five minutes and go get the answer from my manufacturer, go get the answer from Google. Um, and I'll be dead on. I didn't have a clue about 3D printing, right? So when they were asking me like filament questions and the different types of ABS plastic and PLA plastic and different things that would go in there, I, oh, uh, I, I, I had to go look that stuff up, right? But that leads me to my second point. You better figure it out. Like this shit isn't going to be easy. If this was easy, everybody would be doing this stuff. Everybody would be a business owner, right? And so John and I, this is something we pride ourselves in. We're fucking real with you. Like, this is going to be work. Uh, go hustle it out. Go get the answer. Go figure this out. And like, you're going to have to do this over and over and over again in your business and solve these problems, right? And, and as you know, ET, the hip hop rapper, one of his favorite sayings he says is like, winners win and losers lose. And I don't know how to say it any better than that. Um, go be a winner. 
like a winner is going to solve this stuff. Um, and I'm not calling you a loser if, if this was your question, but like, you know, some people are going to quit at these obstacles. This is just another one of those obstacles that'll give you a reason in your head to quit. Don't fucking quit. Go figure it out. Go be a winner. Um, and, and know that every single one of these hurdles that you go across is one that, you know, a percentage of people who went on the, the first part of the journey with you fell off and then go clear another hurdle and watch them fall off. And then you're going to cl- quickly be in rarefied air of, of where people just don't want to do the work. And if you're willing to do that work, you're going to reap the rewards. Uh, and then the last part is like, um, you know, this is why I promote being in love with your industry. So I sell some products on my store that uh, I'm deeply invested in as a human. That makes it easier for me. That makes it easier for my employee who's also deeply invested to actually go know the answers to these questions because we care a whole lot, right? And so like, I don't think it's necessary to John's point when we argue about this stuff that you need to be into it, but it sure does help if you wake up every day and you actually give a shit about what you're selling and like that's going to cause you laying in bed to watch YouTube videos on this stuff or go do research because you actually care, right? And so it does make it a little bit easier, but uh, again, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think once again, part that, that question partly comes um, from from a place of fear as well. So I think a lot of people when they're getting started here, they're fearful that customers are going to have a problem if they don't know everything um, and, and maybe it's a bit of perfectionism as well. Uh, you you kind of just have to move past that, right? Um, there are always going to be times where you don't know everything. You don't always have the answer and that's okay, actually. Customers are okay with that. Um, and, and like I say, it, you'll get better at it over time, but you know, I got to be honest, most of the time when I try something or do something new, I don't know anything about it still, you know, <laughs> I'm often in that place and I think I'm, I'm, I'm always okay with that. Um, you know, it's, it's not a problem. It's just a normal part of, of being and doing something new is that there's going to always going to be unknowns that you're going to have to go and find out about. And like Ben says, if you're the person who's prepared to go the extra mile to find the answers and to, you know, inform yourself and then your customer, then you you are going to make more sales. You might miss a few in the beginning. So what? It doesn't matter. There's always more, right? There's always more customers. There's always more money. Um, so you can make some mistakes. That's cool. Uh, what, what does Ed Milet say, right? The power of one more, I believe, is what he's promoting right now. Go answer one more question than your, than your competitor's answering. Go answer one more phone call than your competitors are answering. Reply to one more email. Reply to one more comment on your social. Like, do all the little things uh, and do one more. And it, like, you'd be shocked at how much that adds up to be doing way more than anybody else is doing in this industry. Like, uh, I don't know. The people who win at this, they just, they just work a little harder. That's it. And it's not like 100% harder. It's like 5% harder. Yeah, that's it. Like totally. it's just a little bit harder. They just do a little bit more than everybody else, and and yeah, I don't, know. don't let any of this stuff get in your way. Uh, all right, the last one, uh, another one. Uh, we don't have a name here, John. It's just how to source suppliers and find products that leave room for margin and aren't saturating the market. I I kind of want to send them to our training. Like I I, I want to send a link to go to dropshipbreakthrough.com, click on the free training link, and isn't that what you walk through in the free training, John? Is literally like how to find this yeah. stuff. Uh, absolutely. Like, yeah, if you go to dropshipbreakthrough.com, you'll see a button in the top right-hand corner um, or around the top of the screen somewhere if you're on mobile. Uh, it's a big orange button. It says free training. Click on that. Uh, sign up for it. Uh, it's free. Um, and it's actually a module from our program, our larger program, which walks you through exactly how to find profitable products that are not too competitive. So we have a formula for this stuff, a formula that we run any uh, market or niche or product idea through and you've got to tick a series of boxes in that formula for a product to know, to know that it's a viable product to sell and a viable product means one that you can make money on 
that isn't too competitive, that there are suppliers for in the, whatever location you're based in, um, and that you know you've you, you can build a, a profitable business around. So, I mean, that's the answer. Literally, it's free training. Get in there. All right, this one ran long, but uh, as a reminder, go follow us on TikTok. Go follow us on Instagram at Dropship Breakthrough on all of those things on Reels on YouTube. Follow us there. Uh, John and I, uh, when we're done recording this, we're going to record a Patreon. And like I said, we, we've been doing a lot more over there. We'd love for you to come join us. Patreon.com slash Dropship Podcast. All old episodes are free, so you can binge all you want. I believe there's close to 30 episodes over there. You're going to love them. Uh, and all new episodes are just $5. Uh, I believe it'll be the best $5 you'll spend every week, personally. You get to hear John, a little bit more of John and us, and we get a lot of comments of how they like the binging on, on the show as, as i did too when i first started i binged a lot so uh we'd love for you to come join us on patreon and uh yeah sponsors if you're if you're listening come sponsor the show we'd love to have you thanks for listening to the dropship podcast you can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com and if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey we invite you to join us inside dropship breakthrough where john and i will walk you through step by step in starting your own high ticket dropshipping e-commerce business but that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.